Good morning. Welcome to this worship service of Ada First United Methodist Church. My name is Reverend Brandy Rigsby, and I am thankful that we can be gathered together today on this Palm Sunday as we celebrate the coming of our Lord. I want to take a moment just to offer a few announcements and reminders, but before we get started, I want to welcome everyone this morning. If you're visiting with us, whether in person or online, we want to extend a special welcome. And to let you know that we do have a lot coming up this coming week. It's kind of a big deal, Holy Week. So um, I'll offer those announcements and reminders as we get going, but please know you could check our church Facebook page and web page for those announcements and reminders. That's always a good place to go first if you have any questions. Also, I do wanna thank you for your donations, your tithes, your offerings to our church, helping us to do the ministry that we do both here in our community and across the globe. And now for that Holy Week calendar. On Thursday of this coming week, which is April 6th, we will gather in the fellowship hall at seven o'clock for a Seder meal commemoration. We will um, be sharing in some of the traditional foods, digging deeper to understand the meaning and what would have happened that night as the disciples gathered with Jesus for that last supper, sharing together the words of scripture and prophecy and preparing our hearts for what is to come as the week um, travels on. So again, that's Thursday at seven o'clock. And then on Friday, April 7th at seven o'clock, we will gather here in the sanctuary for our Good Friday worship service. And on Sunday morning, bright and early, at 7.30 a.m., we will have our sunrise service, followed by breakfast beginning at 8, a kid's Easter egg hunt at 9.15, and then our resurrection service at 10 a.m. So you can come early and spend the whole day here at church with me. All right, one final announcement. Today we will celebrate Palm Sunday and have our children lead us in our Palm Parade. So if you have any children with you, um, right as I finish these announcements, I'm going to have you send them out to the back. Miss Anna will meet them back there and they will be parading through, waving their palms with us during the opening hymn. So any kids that aren't in our bell choir, if they wanna gather in the back, Miss Anna's back there now. You could go ahead and send them back there and they will learn their part very quickly. Now friends, I'd like to invite us all this morning, may we come with open hearts to raise our voices, to lift our praise to our God and word and song. Will you join me in an attitude of worship? Good morning. Will you all stand as you are able, please? 
Behold, your king comes to you. He is just and merciful. He brings peace and salvation to all people. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Please remain standing to sing hymn number 278 in the blue United Methodist hymnal, and the words are also on the screen. First scripture lesson this morning is from Matthew 21, verses 1 through 11. When they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus gave two disciples a task. He said to them, go into the village over there. As soon as you enter, you will find a donkey tied up in a colt with it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that their master needs them. He sent them off right away. Now, this happened to fulfill what the prophet said. Say to daughter Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the donkey's offspring. The disciples went and did just as Jesus had ordered them. They brought the donkey and the colt and laid their clothes on them. Then he sat on them. Now a large crowd spread their clothes on the road, and others cut, cut palm branches off the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds in front of him and behind him shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up. Who is this, they asked. The crowds answered, it's the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Change my heart, oh
time I'd like to invite our children forward as Miss Anna shares our message. Can somebody tell me something that happens during Holy Week? Um, it, go ahead, Ada. We take time to worship God. Absolutely, we take time to worship God. We have all these palm leaves because Jesus entered Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. Now, this was not his first time entering Jerusalem. Jesus had been to Jerusalem before. But this time, he came as someone special. Okay, now I have a, a little pet here that I want to show you, okay? I know. He's really cute, but he's a little shy, okay? Okay, his name is Skippy. Isn't he cute? Okay, he may not be the cutest pet rock, but this was actually a thing back in 1975 before all of you were born. Um, this... <laughs> That was, um, somebody came up with this idea of pet rocks. It, he made a million dollars. Now, the best thing about my pet rock is that I don't have to feed it. I don't have to take it on walks. I don't have to clean up after it. And you know what else? It doesn't make a sound. Even I, if your head hurts, it doesn't even make a peep. Yes, do you guys wanna pet my pet rock? Yeah, he's cute. He's so nice. He likes everybody. Yeah, Evelyn. Yeah. Now, when Jesus came to Jerusalem on the back of a donkey, everyone was being loud. I mean screaming. They were fangirling everywhere. They had their palms, and they were waving it and shouting, Hosanna, which means God save. Oh, God saving. This is wonderful. They were so excited, so much so that the people in charge were like, Jesus, calm it down. These people are too loud. And you know what Jesus said? He said, I couldn't if I tried because the moment these people are quiet, the rocks would start praising my name. Flippy, Skippy would start to talk. Now, I would love it. I would love to see these rocks sing. But I don't think Skippy's going to sing anytime soon, do you? No. <laughs> Jesus could make him sing. And it's so important that Jesus' name be prayed. It's so important that we know that what Jesus did, that even the rocks know that Jesus was important. Luckily, people were praising his name with all of his palm leaves, so we didn't need to. But eh, I'm going to hold on to Skippy just in case. Yeah, the rocks. Well, the rocks didn't sing that day because the people did. Oh, the, oh, that'd be funny, wouldn't it? Okay. Ready to pray with me? All right. Dear God, thank you for loving us. Help me praise you every single day so that the rocks may be silent. Amen. Our second scripture reading today is also from Matthew 27, verses 11 through 26. Jesus was brought before the governor. The governor said, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, that is what you say. But he didn't answer when the chief priests and elders accused him. 
Then Pilate said, don't you hear the testimony they bring against you? But he didn't answer, not even a single word. So the governor was greatly amazed. It was customary during the festival for the governor to release to the crowd one prisoner, whomever they might choose. At that time, there was a well-known prisoner named Jesus Barabbas. When the crowd had come together, Pilate asked them, Whom would you like me to release to you, Jesus Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? He knew that the leaders of the people had handed him over because of jealousy. While he was serving as judge, his wife sent this message to him. Leave that righteous man alone. I've suffered much today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the crowds to ask for Barabbas and kill Jesus. The governor said, which of the two do you want me to release to you? Barabbas, they replied. Pilate said, then what should I do with Jesus who is called Christ? They all said, crucify him. But he said, why? What wrong has he done? They shouted even louder, crucify him. Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere and that a riot was starting. So he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. <clears throat> I'm innocent of this man's blood, he said. It's your problem. All the people replied, let his blood be on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus whipped, then handed him over to be crucified. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Many in the crowd had seen Jesus call Lazarus from the tomb, raise him from the dead, and they were telling others about it. That was the reason so many meant to meet him, because they heard of this miraculous sign. He brought a dead man back to life? You saw it for yourself? I did. He had been dead for three days, three whole days, in the tomb, shut up. And then Jesus comes, his friends, with the man's sisters too, and he tells them, open the tomb. And they looked at him like he was crazy. We all did. But they opened the tomb, and he called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And he did. He walked out of the tomb as alive as you and me. It seems as if the grave couldn't contain this Jesus as he brought with him. The crowd was abuzz with stories about this man who they had heard was coming to Jerusalem that day. Yeah, those who had seen him before, many of those who had witnessed the miracles that happened at his hands were drawn out into the streets to welcome him. And they told their neighbors, their friends, and their family the streets were lined by the swells of souls who wanted to catch a glimpse of Jesus. This, this king. 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 Yeah, I, I heard he was destined to become our king. Surely he will ride through in a magnificent steed, sword by his side, army behind him. He will save us from the oppressing hand of Rome that is crushing us. He will be our prophet. He's a prophet like Elijah or Daniel or one of the others. He's here to bring some divine news. He's here to bring us a message from God. He is a, a man. He, he's just a man. Flesh and bone and a whole lot of fanfare over nothing. In fact, I heard he's a Nazarene. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? But I know to the religious leaders, he's just a, a threat, a very real, dangerous threat, a threat that finally must be answered and soon. 
Well, the news that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem continued to sweep through the city, and a large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches, and, and they went down the road to meet him, and they cheered loudly, saying, Hosanna! Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Most of the crowd spread their branches and garments there on the road ahead of him. Jesus was the center of the procession, and all the people all around were shouting, Hail to the King of Israel! Praise God for the Son of David! And, and Jesus didn't come on horseback like, like a conquering king. He came on a donkey, on the back of a donkey's colt. And he didn't come in an opulent chariot, brandishing a gilded sword. He came with clothes on his back and dust on his feet. And behind him, not an army, marching rows by the thousands. He was trailed by the ragamuffin group of fishermen and the poor and the outcasts, the nobodies. Some laid their palms down to praise the king. Some laid their palms down to praise the Lord. Soon he would lay down his life for all of them. Because among the crowd stirred a passion among the people. The religious leaders of the day, in their corrupt hearts, a wicked plot was thickening and hardened like a stone. Like the whitewashed tombs they were, they would dethrone this king of the Jews, whatever vigorous route that must take. Their blood boiled over his constant rebuffing of their evil advances against him. He simply would not go away. And he wouldn't fall into any of their traps. So he wouldn't fall. They would have to push him. Since he would not be trapped, they would have to catch him. And bind him. And frame him. And blame him. And falsely accuse him. Falsely convict him. Falsely understand him. And the crowds, the shouts, Hosanna today, spread their cloaks and backs to honor him, breaking palms off the trees and, and prostrating them at his holy feet. Crucify him! We will demand the breaking of his body tomorrow. See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. And they will require the laying down of the law upon his innocent head. He threatens our way of life, our position, our pride. The little baby has left the manger to live the life, the life that he gave us, and to restore the life we left in Eden. Our God has come, the king of creation, he brings power over death. Power over death? They say he raised a man from the dead. They say he walked right out of the tomb. Well, let's see how his body fares when they put his body in the grave. His body in the tomb. Hosanna. 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 Crucify Hosanna. him! Crucify Hosanna. him! Crucify Hosanna. him! Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest, they cried out. Their king, their deliverer, their savior had finally come. They hailed him as the bringer of the coming kingdom of their ancestor David. And they weren't speaking in metaphors. He was the king. He was the king who would bring back their country and kingdom, bring it back from the Roman Empire. 
The prophet Zechariah had prophesied about this day. The day that God would deliver the nation from their oppressor. And all signs pointed to Jesus. The prophecies were finding fulfillment in his teachings and his miracles. They had heard the stories. They had seen the miracles with their own eyes. Surely, this is the one whom the prophets spoke of. Surely, this is the one they had been waiting for. And now the time had finally come. Today would be the day. The crowds descended upon Jerusalem, two crowds, those who had heard he was coming and those who had gathered for the feast. And when the crowds combined, the mass of people was so large and so loud in their praise of Jesus that the Pharisees, the high priests, they took notice. Now it seems a simple story of crowds gathering to cheer the arrival of a king is actually much deeper. You see, as Jesus came down that day from the Mount of Olives to enter Jerusalem, his coming from the east held sacred importance that those gathered would have noticed. In the book of Ezekiel, God gave the prophet a vision of God's glory. God's glory leaving and one day returning to Jerusalem from the east. The crowd that had gathered that day would have noticed. They would have remembered the prophecy. And they would have known that this, this was the time. This was the place. This was the king they had been waiting for. And so they welcomed him into the city as their king, as their deliverer, as their savior. They took off their cloaks, they gathered branches, and they spread them on the road. They praised him with shouts of Hosanna. But just as soon as the cries of Hosanna passed through their lips, it seems something else was at work, bubbling up in their midst. Because in the hearts of the Pharisees, there was fear. Now I know today's Palm Sunday, and we should be celebrating. And next Sunday, we will celebrate even more. It would sure be easy it would be a lot more comfortable to skip over all that depressing stuff in the middle. For in the week to come, there will be darkness and pain. There will be betrayal and suffering and even death. But we cannot skip from Palm Sunday to the resurrection without missing something very important in the middle knowing that many will move from Palm Sunday directly to Easter, skipping over the darkness of Friday. Our United Methodist lectionary actually refers to this Sunday as Palm slash Passion Sunday. And we preachers are encouraged to live in this moment of tension, to ask the questions, how did it go from shouts of Hosanna to crucify him in just a few days? And I wonder, maybe, maybe did it start with the donkey? I mean, what kind of king rides a donkey? What kind of king kneels to wash the feet of his disciples? What kind of king allows himself to be arrested, to be put on trial, beaten, and crowned in ridicule? 
You see, Jesus didn't behave anything like a king, like a deliverer, like a savior that was expected. He didn't come wielding a sword. He didn't come overturning rulers and empires, declaring his rightful place on an earthly throne. He didn't deliver them from the oppressive Roman rule. He submitted to it. He didn't save them from the pain and suffering of this world. He suffered too. And suddenly, doubts found fuel in the words and the workings of the chief priests. They questioned his motives and his methods as they always had. They pointed out his law-breaking, his soft politics. He behaved like a radical. He behaved like a servant. He behaved like a peacemaker. Maybe he wasn't a king, a deliverer, a savior after all. And then we find Jesus on Friday, standing before Pilate, awaiting judgment along another convicted criminal, Barabbas. As the passage Kathy read tells us, Pilate gave the gathered crowd, led by the chief priests, a choice. As was custom, he would release one prisoner of their choosing. Jesus, the Christ, or Jesus, Barabbas. Did you hear that? This man that we know as Barabbas actually has a full name that Matthew points out, Jesus Barabbas was his name. But the parallel doesn't just end there. Barabbas in Hebrew literally means son of the father. So the full names of the two men standing before Pilate and the people, Jesus, son of the father, and Jesus, son of the father. Barabbas' name is an exact mirror of Christ's name. Those who were there that day given a choice, would they choose an innocent man wrongly accused or a guilty man to be released as an innocent man? And the leaders cried out, they cried out, give us Barabbas. Give us the rebel. Give us the fighter. Give us the one who led the revolt against the Romans. He's the deliverer we want. Not the man who preached peace and healing. Not the one who humbled himself as a servant who stayed silent and accepted guilt that was not his. Give us Barabbas. But before we go placing blame on a crowd, by a crowd that was persuaded by the chief priests, I can't help but wonder, who would we choose? Who would we choose? Because you see, choosing Barabbas is easy. He doesn't force us to face our own sin. He doesn't challenge us to reshape our entire view of God's kingdom. He doesn't call us to lay down our comfort, our desire, our very lives for the sake of others. But choosing Jesus the Messiah Choosing the true Son of God changes everything. Suddenly, it means confronting our sin and admitting our need for forgiveness and grace. 
It means taking up our cross to follow in the footsteps of Christ. Choosing Jesus, the Messiah, means humbling ourselves to serve the least and the lost of this world. And every day we choose. We choose with our words and our actions, with our very lives. We choose if we will live for the kingdoms and the powers of this world or for God's kingdom. And today, this Palm Sunday that leads into this Passion Week, it is my prayer and my hope that our very lives will cry out, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, save us now. For you, O Christ, you are our Lord, you are our Savior. Let us pray. Lord God, today as we remember Christ's journey, his journey down the streets of Jerusalem on a donkey, we admit that it is not the Savior we expected. We admit, oh God, that your power doesn't always look like the power we want our God to have. We admit that your wisdom does not always make sense to us. We're happy to join the crowd waving branches, shouting praise, but we're not sure we want to follow you through this holy week. To follow you into the temple courts, into the upper room, into the garden, to Pilate, to the place of the skull, to the foot of the cross. And so we need you to go on this journey with us. Oh God, grant us clear vision Give us courageous hearts and persistent steps. For even though we know what this week will bring, may we continue to sing, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Save us, O Lord. Save us. Amen. We have the privilege and opportunity this morning on this Palm Sunday to share together in the sacrament of Holy Communion, to remember Christ's life lived and given for us. So I'd like to invite us all as brothers and sisters in Christ to share together in these words, words of remembrance, but also words of call for this gift, this gift of Christ will give us strength and sustenance for the week ahead. Will you join me in the reading on your screens? Brothers and sisters, Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, all who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. 
Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift up Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. In love, you made us for yourself. And when we had fallen into sin and become subjects to evil and death, your love remained steadfast. You bid your faithful people cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the Passover feast that, renewed by your word and sacraments, and fervent in prayer and works of justice and mercy, we may come to the fullness of grace that you have prepared for those who love you. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, O God, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, whom you sent in the fullness of time to redeem the world. He emptied himself taking the form of a servant, being born in our likeness. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. He took upon himself our sin and death and offered himself a perfect sacrifice for the sin of the whole world. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which Christ gave himself up for us, he took the bread, gave thanks to you, O God, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ has died Christ will come again. O oh God, pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, one, with, one with each other and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. As I remind us each time we share in the sacrament of Holy Communion that as United Methodists we believe Christ's table is open to everyone. You do not have to be a member of this church or any church, but simply to come seeking the love and the grace of God in your heart, to come open and ready to receive the working of God's Spirit in your life. This morning we are going to share in Holy Communion at the Four Corners,
So we will have four communion stations, the front corners and then the back corners. So please, when the time comes, proceed to that closest to you. And at this time, I'd like to invite our communion stewards forward. Pastor Ruth and I will share communion with them first, and then we will disperse to the four corners, and you'll be invited to come and to receive this gift, this gift of grace that God offers each and every one of us.
having shared in the gift, in the sacrament of Holy Communion. We pause in this moment to remember the gift of grace, the gift of love that God has given to us through his son, Jesus Christ. And we remember the call that has been placed upon us to give our very lives in service to God's kingdom. So I'd like to invite us all, as brothers and sisters in Christ, to offer our very lives in response to this gift. Today, we, we pause to remember these gifts are temporary. But the kingdom building that we are doing will last from generation to generation. So we give our tithes, our offerings. We give all that we have and all that we are in service to our Lord. Would you please stand with me as you are able as we sing together the words of our doxology, number 95, Praise God from whom all blessings flow. seated. As we enter into a time of prayer, may we come with open hearts. May we come listening for the sound of God's voice. May we come knowing that God's spirit is at work in us and through us at this very moment. Will you join me in an attitude of prayer? King of kings, Lord of lords. Since that day of ashes, we have journeyed with you. And now today, we have raised our voices in praise. We have waved our palms with joyful hope. We have cried out for your deliverance and salvation. But even now, O oh God, we find ourselves palm branches laying at our side, wondering if this is really all there is. When there is still pain and suffering and heartache in this world, we wonder where you are. When cruel empires still rule, when injustice still exists, we wonder are you really who you say you are? Are you really our king, our redeemer, our savior? Mighty God, when doubt and fear fill our hearts, in the days to come, may we cry out, forgive us, O God. Forgive us when we are half-hearted believers. Forgive us when we grow weary and forget. Forgive us when we turn away and walk away. Pour out your mercy over us, O oh God. Cleanse our hearts. <coughs> Embrace us with your love. Fill us once more with the breath of your spirit. And now, Father, assured of your presence among us, we lift our prayers for our brothers and sisters in Christ. <coughs> Brett and Shirley Mathewson, as Brett prepares for a heart cath tomorrow morning, God, we pray for your spirit to fill them, bringing them both peace and assurance. May your hand of healing be upon Brett. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We also lift up Jay Judy, 
who will be having surgery, hernia surgery this week. We pray for strength and peace for Annalisa and the kids. We pray for your hand of healing and comfort to be upon Jay. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We also continue to lift up Sherry Evans, Bob McCurdy, Shirley Chambers, Tom Castle, Jean and Laura Smith, Nancy Fleming, Gary Clausen. We lift up all those whom we hold close in our thoughts and prayers, and we pray, O Lord, that your love will surround them. May our prayers continue to carry them and give them hope. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Today especially, O God, we pray for those who are struggling even now to know your love and grace. With pain and suffering that they've endured, peace is hard to find. With injustice and oppression they've experienced, mercy is hard to find. O God, help us to break the chains of fear and doubt that hold us hostage. Fill us with your spirit of redemption and hope. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. On this Palm Sunday, we remember once more that you sent your Son, fully God, fully human, so that we might know your extraordinary love. Father, prepare us for what lies ahead. Remind us that death will not have the last word. Open our eyes to your presence, O Lord. Come to us again. For our hearts cry out, Hosanna. Save us again, O God. For you are our God. And we are your people. We ask these things in the name of Christ who taught us to pray by saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now, as people of God, people who have received the grace and the love that God pours out over us, may we stand and share together and singing our praises to our Lord. I invite you to stand with me as we sing our closing hymn, number 2111, We Sang Our Glad Hosannas. Please stand.
our palm branches and with them we lay down our belief that there is another way for you to be God as the last echo of the final alleluia fades so does our hope that this journey can end any other way for the week that lies ahead will be filled with suffering and pain and whether we walk with all faith or none we look towards the cross knowing it is both the most human and the most divine of all journeys. So go now to travel this road through Holy Week with courage, with peace, and with love. Amen. <laughs>